Welcome to the Ortho Eval Pal Podcast, where we can help you build confidence with your orthopedic evaluation and management skills. We hope you enjoy the show. And now, for your host, Paul Marquis. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 78 of the Ortho Eval Pal Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Marquis, and uh, excited to be here today talking about D. Corvain's tenosynovitis. And uh, I know this is a term that is quite common to most people. It's just one of those diagnoses that you learn in college, and it's like you remember it. It's easy. It's just got this unusual name. You remember that it's pain on the radial side of the wrist. But today what I want to do is I want to talk about a few things, get a little more specific about where it is, um, how it gets agitated, how you treat it, what some of the lookalikes are, and um, you know how you evaluate it maybe a little bit better. Um, but before we jump into that, um, let's uh, hold for just a second to hear a word from our sponsor. Do you experience leg and foot fatigue when standing for long periods of time? A main doctor and the company he founded, Mainly Technology Group, have created a high-tech, all-terrain, chemical-free sock designed to reduce fatigue. The Easy Glider Sock has a graduated compression weave to keep blood flowing and to keep you energized. Created by Dr. Lee Thibodeau, the Easy Glider is also frictionless, lightweight, warm, extremely durable, and wicks away moisture. The socks will stay fresh for days, thanks to the organic antimicrobial agent, Kytosan. Easy Glider is the only sock you'll ever need for sports, work, and leisure. To find out more, visit EasyGliderSocks.com. That's EasyGliderSocks.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Oh, my gosh. Last episode, we talked about cubital tunnel syndrome, had a lot of great response from folks, uh, many downloads on this topic. And uh, so we're going to continue in the upper extremity a little and uh, talk today about D. Corvain's uh, tenosynovitis. And I always pause before I say tenosynovitis because I've always preceded that with stenosing tenosynovitis. And sometimes uh, this tendon can get a little sticky, and, and uh, that's where the stenosing part uh, comes into play. Let's first of all talk about where this is located, okay? So first of all, if you take a look at your wrist, um, and let's say it's the left wrist, your thumb is facing you, you're looking at the radial side of your wrist, you pull the thumb toward your face, you're going to see what looks like two sets of tendons with a little hole in between, okay? That little hole in between, that's common area called the anatomical snuff box. And the tendon on the bottom, what looks like one tendon is actually two. So if you're pulling that thumb toward your face and you palpate that, you're going to notice that there are two separate tendons that run in that area. Those are the extensor pollicis brevis and the abductor pollicis longus tendons. Now, it, you can go to the center of the snuff box, and then you'll see another tendon, um, a little more lateral to that, away from your body, and that is your extensor pollicis longus, all right? So that makes kind of like a little triangle there. That Those are the borders of what we call the anatomical snuff box. Now, when does this get most aggravated, or when do people complain about this the most? It's usually with a lot of gripping, grasping, twisting, like using a screwdriver or, um, you know, even athletes, uh, those who uh, play a lot of gripping sports or those who uh, play tennis um, can develop some discomfort here. You know, people who go into ulnar and radial deviation a lot, uh, like people who hammer uh, a lot, and those folks will get some irritation, agitation to that region. So those are the common complaints. Um, and these people, the, the people who do more fine motor tasks, like dental hygienists who are squeezing small instruments, 
instruments with their their index finger, ring finger, uh, I mean uh, middle finger, and their thumb, and and gripping and grasping and and doing a lot of radial ulnar deviation, maybe a little bit of flexion associated with that can get a lot of irritation to that region. So, what is decor veins? Well. It's an inflammation of the tenosynovial sheath, okay? So around the tendon, you have this sheath that helps to protect the tendon some. And then what holds these tendons in place so they don't bow is an extensor retinaculum. So with a lot of repetitive use, the tendon and the sheath become very inflamed and irritated and cause a lot of radial-sided wrist pain. Now, how do you test for this? Well, There's the classic Finkelstein's test, which I'm sure most of us are familiar with, but I'm going to explain it anyway. So what you do is you take your thumb, you pull the thumb in toward the palm of the hand, you put the rest of your fingers around the thumb, almost like you're going to punch something the wrong way. Um, And then what you're going to do is take the hand and bring it into ulnar deviation. Now, you've got to be gentle when you do this and you need to compare both sides because I don't have decor veins. But when I do a Finkelstein's, if I push it hard enough, I can really feel that pulling in that um, in that extensor pollicis brevis and abductor pollicis along this tendon area. Okay. So you don't want to push it too hard. Now, if they jump through the roof when you go into ulnar deviation um, and you've just gone a little distance and you have no problem on the other side or the distance is a lot further on the other side, then you're looking at, you know, a positive uh, Finkelstein's. The other thing you need to do is you need to palpate. You need to find those tendons, the um, you know, the extensor pollicis brevis, abductor pollicis longus tendons. Find those and follow it. Okay, you're gonna run right over that radial styloid process as you go proximally. Keep following the tendons, and the tendons actually originate over the dorsum of the forearm, okay? So if you follow that, you may have some irritation along that whole tendon uh, sheath, and so that's another sign that somebody could have a decor veins. Now, the other thing I like to do is I like to resist it. So I like to take the thumb, bring it into abduction and extension combination, and I like to give a little resistance to that and see if that causes an increase in pain. Now, that's important because of the next couple things I'm going to talk about. We need to make sure that we don't mistake in this for something else. So let's say a soccer player is a, it's a, is, is a, this person's a goalie. A ball is suddenly kicked with a high velocity to them. They put their hand out in front of them to try to stop the ball. And maybe the wrist is pushed into extension and radially or radially deviated at the same time. They could fracture the scaphoid. Now, If there's a mechanism, like they've fallen on an outstretched hand or they've taken this type of blow to the hand, you need to get into that anatomical snuff box, okay, into the center of it and palpate to see if there's tenderness to the scaphoid. Palpate the dorsum of the wrist and the palmar aspect of the wrist to see if there's tenderness there also. So what I'm saying is don't palpate the tendon palpate dorsally to it and and uh, volarly to it and see if there's tenderness. If there is, you need to be suspicious that there's a scaphoid fracture. If you do think there's a scaphoid fracture, this is important that this gets diagnosed and seen by an orthopedic surgeon or hand specialist as soon as possible because if these fracture, only about 50% of them seem to heal um, without proper management. They can plague people for a long time. Um, They are one of those bones in the body that just doesn't have good vascularity. That vascularity can get damaged with a fracture. um, And then it becomes a non-union and can cause long-term problems. So these need to be managed right away. So if there's been a mechanism or some sort of a blow to the hand, 
make sure you try to rule out that scaphoid. And that may mean a, a visit to the emergency room or an orthopedic office to have an x-ray and have that checked out. Um, the other thing that people mistaken this for um, is a, a CMC arthritis at the base of the thumb. Okay. Now, if you have palpable pain over the tendon, that's more likely to be a tendonitis type of problem. But if you avoid the tendon and you go into the CMC joint just at the base of the thenar eminence um, and dorsally also and have some irritation, um, you need to be suspicious of CMC arthritis. The other thing I like to do is a little grind test to that CMC. If that increases the pain, you need to be thinking of that joint because oftentimes people will receive an injection um, into the or near the tendon sheath and they get no relief whatsoever. And and that's because the problem is in the joint and not in the tendon. So you want to make sure that you rule that out. The other thing you need to look for is a, a large spur near that radial styloid process um, can actually chafe that uh, tenosynovial sheath, cause some irritation. So you can inject it till you're blue in the face. You can treat it in therapy till you're blue in the face. And um, it's uh, it's really not going to respond because there's a mechanical uh, rubbing up against that spur. So an x-ray can help determine that and rule that out. So really, diagnostic imaging is not a necessity when evaluating the um, core veins. Not unless you suspect probably a fracture or a spur, you know, because if you resist it, you palpate it, you do a Finkelstein's and it's painful uh, compared to the other side, you know, you're, it's probably pretty likely. You'll even notice some swelling there sometimes around that tendon. Now, how do you treat these? Well, you know, if this is an acute inflammatory problem, it's just been, you know, progressively coming on. It's been a couple of weeks. You definitely want to do some what we call relative rest. I'm not big on completely, completely immobilizing the whole wrist. You know, a a, a small spica wrist a splint can be helpful so that you're not going into radial and ulnar deviation a lot. I like to keep the end of the thumb still available for um, activities such as, you know, gripping, grasping activities so you can still be functional. But you really want to just kind of slow that CMC joint down from moving too much. Um, so a nice little... Uh, uh, thumb spica splint, or I, I like to use uh, something like a comfort cool, which is a neoprene um, splint that you put over there. It still allows you a little bit of motion, but there's a strap that comes over that part of the uh, the tendon that helps give some compression. People seem to have some pretty good relief with this and can still be pretty functional. I'll do that more with athletes, um, and, and they seem to uh, really progress well with that. I love to use iontophoresis on this because the tendon and sheath are so close to the skin that... Uh, Using something like a dexamethasone sodium phosphate iontophoresis can really penetrate into that area nicely to help decrease inflammation. Things like topicals uh, like Voltaren or anti-inflammatory creams can also be helpful in this region. Now, if you don't find success treating this with some soft tissue modalities and some relative rest, Oftentimes, uh, an injection can be very, very helpful. Just need to make sure that it is the tendon and the tendon sheath that are affected so that when the injection is given, it's given in the right area and that you rule out the other joint issues and the spurring and, and those types of things and or scaphoid fracture. Um, once this gets settled down, um, you really should check out the person's ergonomic uh, setup. So if they're developing this problem because of a work-related issue, go ahead and take a look at how they're doing their tasks. Um, you know, especially if they're doing 
repetitive gripping, grasping activities. Maybe they're not at a good height. Their head is probably forward, shoulders are forward, therefore less blood flow to the arms, not healing the arm as well when it is working. Um, so making sure that the wrist is in a good position, we're not in a, in a position of active and passive insufficiency that overstresses the tendon. Once you've gotten all these things corrected and the inflammation has settled down, they're functioning better, then obviously you want to start re-strengthening the, uh, the wrist, the thumb, the forearm, and the periscapular muscles. We've had, you know, I just did a lecture on the shoulder uh, recently and on the cervical spine, and a huge part of it was thoracic kyphosis reduction exercises. I do it with all of my upper extremity patients because we need to bring as much blood flow as we can to the arms because with micro tearing and, and breakdown of tissues that occur with repetitive use, um, you need some good blood flow in the, in the area to help heal it. So um, kyphosis reduction, pectoral flexibility, pec minor, pec major stretching, periscapular strengthening, um, we add these to all upper extremity uh, treatment programs. So Folks, I hope I didn't uh, overwhelm you with the uh, decorvings, uh, tenosynovitis. And um, if you have any questions, please feel free to get in touch with me at www.orthoevalpal.com. Make sure that, um, you know what I'll do? I'll put uh, some links in the uh, bottom of this podcast for things like uh, the Finkelstein's test, thoracic kyphosis reduction exercises, and, um, you know, a couple of other uh, special tests so that you can check those out. Make sure you um, check out our uh, YouTube channel. We have uh, tons of videos and, and this is growing. We're adding more videos all the time of patients with actual diagnoses that you can see and uh, really get a feel for. I mean, oftentimes you talk about these things in school, but you never really get a chance to see them. Um, these videos are, are developed for those of you who only get small exposure to orthopedics, but would like to see what the real diagnosis looks like. So um, I hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure you stick with us. We're going to be doing a lot more uh, coming up and we have some uh, more great episodes um, for you. So I hope you all have a great day and take care. We hope you've enjoyed the show. For some more awesome content, go to orthoevalpal.com. Can't wait to see you there.